the name of the Lord, and we also greet those who are joined us on live stream. This will be the tenth message on these series of We Are, What We Are. <clears throat> the text we're going to be dealing with tonight is a challenging text, but it's, uh, it will bless you if you'll ponder it. <clears throat> we are to God <clears throat> a sweet savor. That's, that's the uh, text. Second Corinthians 2, 15 and 16. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are a savor of death unto death and to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient? For these things. Now that does uh, it helps us to understand God. There's uh, there's two the, the understanding of God in the professed church is not sufficient. God Jesus Christ came to make God known. In fact, to know God is eternal life. And of all the knowledge that is perpetrated in our day, this knowledge here we're talking about ranks really low with men. Now, if this text just said we're a savior of Christ in them that saved, that'd be simple, I suppose. But that's not what it says. It says, and in them that perish. Yeah. And it was said we're a savor of life unto life, but that's not all it says. It says we're a savor of death unto death. We are. Mm -hmm. We are a savor. Yes, a savor of Christ. Now immediately he's speaking about the apostles and those who believed on him. And it ripples out to anyone who's in Christ. The Savior depicts the pleasing quality of the saints to God. And this particular facet of pleasingness is the effects of their faith upon the saved and upon the lost. Those that are alive, those that are dead. Now, I want to establish, first of all, that it's the savor of Christ. Mm -hmm. That Christ is declared as, as pleasing God. That's right. Not just merely in his life, his life, although he did, but that's not how it's talked about in Scripture. It says in his death. Yeah. That's where he pleased God. But Jesus was noted for pleasing God. I want to draw attention to this because it's, we are the savor of Christ. A prophecy Isaiah gave and is repeated in the scripture, Matthew 12th chapter. Behold my servant. It's a capital S. Yes. Speaking of the Messiah. In whom I, whom I uphold. 
This is the one I uphold. And in whom my soul delights. Oh, that's the savor we're talking about. That's the savor is the delight. Mm -hmm. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. That's quoted in Matthew twelve eighteen. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. Amen. Whoever you may think God is well pleased with. You want them to be well pleased with you. I understand that. But first, first and foremost, mm -hmm. he's well pleased with Christ. And Amen. if he wasn't, he wouldn't be well pleased with anybody else. Now, this is depicting, he's depicted as God receiving from believers a, please, a ple good pleasure. He's receiving the good pleasure, the pleasing qualities, a sweet-smelling savor depicted in the tabernacle. God operates in, in an environment where there's, so to speak, a sweet-smelling savor. It was depicted in the tabernacle and in the temple. They had the altar of incense there. And it wasn't just fired up once in a while. Yeah. It had their, they had their head to be a fragrant, pleasing, fragrance old odor inside that tabernacle at all times. Yeah. It had to be in an environment that was pleasant and pleasing. Well, what a picture this is. Mm -hmm. When we meet together in the name of the Lord, we're gathered together. We're like a, it's like a miniature tabernacle. We're part of a big tabernacle, but it's like a miniature tabernacle. The environment is to be pleasing to God. Amen. Whether anybody else likes it or not, that's not even the point. It must be pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. And then in all of life, we are pleasing to God. We are unto God. I want to go over this again because this is such a profound, profound text. We, not me. Yeah. Not me. Paul writes as an individual, but when it came to this, it's we. Mm -hmm. We, one person can't emit enough favor to please God. Yeah. We are unto God. A sweet savor of Christ yes. uh -huh. in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one who are a savor of death unto death, that is to say their condition is magnified by the savor. Mm -hmm. It's magnified. Amen. People that are lost are more lost when they're exposed to the people of God. you got to see this. Death unto death. Yes. And no savor of life unto life, those who are alive in Christ become more alive by this, by this savor. And who is sufficient for such things? How could you set out to do something like this on your own? Now I will tell you that there's a... This, this is my persuasion that a fake God has been proclaimed in our generation. And it's been 
it traced back quite a quite a way back. It's he traced it back as more like a doting grandfather. That's that's kind of what he's pictured as. And he loves everybody and he wants the best for everybody. And well, see, that's not true. Pharaoh will rise in the judgment. If you have any questions about this, Pharaoh will rise in the judgment and say, my record is in the scripture. I was raised up to show God's wrath. How about that? You want to be someone like that? God raised up Nebuchadnezzar to thrash the people of God and pulverize them. He said, Nebuchadnezzar is my servant to do my will. He decimated Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, slaughtered a bunch of people, carried them away captive. God was glorified in that. Because that confirmed God is not tolerant of his people toddling around like infants. Not consecrated, not dedicated. Now you see, in a, a situation has arisen where Satan has fabricated a false church in which this type of thing isn't noted. They don't meet often enough to actually project some kind of a collective influence. See, we're talking about collective influence. We're not talking about individual influence. I know that that's a lot emphasized there. But every time Paul talked to the saints, he'd say, we, us. He'd address an entire church. We're individuals. We're saved by grace, but by ourselves, we can't do very much. You have to have some kind of a special anointing like Paul. And then he had to pay a tremendous price to occupy that kind of a position. So I'm 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 concerned about this because it's getting worse. That God is way back in the background someplace. But there is a people. God recognizes them now, whether anybody else does or not. And that's the we we're talking about here. They're a sweet savor of Christ. Their presence reminds him of his son when his son was in the world. They're living the same kind of life that his son lived when he was in the world. And when his son was in the world, he made the Pharisees worse. He made some fishermen better. That's the ministry of Jesus Christ. He made Pilate worse. He made Herod worse. He made Paul better. Savor of life unto life. Savor of death unto death. And you see that? That's, that's a great thing to see. Now they're developing what, what pleases God. What is this savor? What is he talking about? Well, here's an example. Romans 7, 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, the crucified body of Christ, that you should be married 
That's why you were saved. Yeah. You weren't saved just to get you out of the sin. That isn't why. That's not the reason. You were saved to be married to another because you, we, we were Satan's vassals. That's, right. That's who we were. Mm-hmm. He worked in us at will. We are married to another. We're to be married to another, even him, a raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Mm-hmm. That's the good pleasure. That's a savor of Christ. That's pleasing to God. When his people bring forth fruit. What's fruit? It's what genuine spiritual life produces. When you read about the fruit of the Spirit, that's not talking about something you should do. Uh That's giving you evidence of how you know you have the Spirit. That's That's right. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So if it's in you... This isn't something you're striving to do. Your, your job is don't quench that spirit. Yes, amen. Don't grieve that spirit. Don't go chasing myths. Don't do this. Don't be half-hearted. Be dedicated fully. And this is what the Holy Spirit will do in you. And when these love, joy, peace, long-suffering and all this, when this begins to surface in you, that's your proof that you have the Holy Spirit. Okay, this was revolutionary. <laughs> when I saw this, I felt humble. I was so stupid before. But but a, a legalistic type system is a robber. Yes, that's right. Amen. It's a thief and a robber. Legalism is something Satan uses. Amen. But there's some people think this is the most lofty thing there is. Again, Paul says in Galatians 2.19, we're talking about the Savior now, Christ. I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live, that I might live unto or toward God. That's a Savior of Christ, living toward God. That's the influence of Christ in you that has caused that. And that pleases God because this is what Jesus brought you to do. To live unto God. I trust that all of you are, are in fact, living unto God. It's possible to live for the to live for the church, you know, to live for your family or whatever. But you live. Now that's an important word, unto. It's more. It's not just an old English word. Unto it means that's the objective. Unto it is the, is the objective. You're doing this and the objective is God. That's the objective. When I'm underscoring it, this is pleasing to God. This is like the savor of Christ. Again, in Ephesians 2.16, he says that he might reconcile both unto God, both Jew and Gentile, unto God in one body, by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, reconcile both unto God. That's the savor of Christ. Yes. Christ is the one that caused that, mm-hmm. and that's what makes that pleasing to God. Yes. If men, if men are the authors of unity, 
That's not a sweet savor of Christ. That's a dull savor of man. Men mess up everything they start. Mm -hmm. That's what they're noted for. What's of men? Wisdom of men. Foolishness of men. Mm -hmm. But the savor of Christ is pleasing to God. One reason is this marvelous unity that it produces. And the gifts that one group of believers sends to another group of believers or to another believer. Here's someone in prison. Here's a group of believers that send. That's the savor of Christ. Now this is demonstrated in Philippians 4.18. I have all in a bound. We'd say I have enough. See, <laughs> with Paul, if he has enough, he calls it abounding. Yes. Men would say, I just barely have enough, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you have enough, do you think you deserve enough? Mm -hmm. If you have enough, you're abounding. Amen. He says, I have uh, all, I'm abound, I'm abound, I'm full. I didn't, I didn't need anything really. But Epaphroditus, he did. And the things which were sent from you by him are a sweet smell. A sacrifice acceptable and well pleasing to God. Now let's take an example here of our fellowship here. We have some people we regularly minister to. They're not, it's several thousand people, but they're, they're just not here. Mm -hmm. They're another place. The brethren meet on Tuesday night, and they minister to a group of brethren in Kenya. The numbers are growing that are there. They don't have available to them what you have available to you. Uh -huh. All right, they don't have this. So we're ministering to them. Every day I have contact regularly with 5,000 people I know. And these 5,000 people receive things. What, God, what I see, I pass on. This is my rule of life. What I see, I tell. And that the fact that they receive that, that's a sweet savor. Now, you've got people that you're ministering to, too. What I'm telling you is the fact that you minister the grace of God, the truth of God, the comfort of God to someone else, that's a sweet savor of Christ. Yeah. That's what that is. Mm -hmm. And it pleases God. This, is a, this, is, this, is a this isn't a fragrance to men. This is a fragrance to God. What a thought. <laughs> Talk about pleasing God. To think that you could be responsible for a lot of rejoicing in heaven just because of your labors for the Lord to other people. Now he says, uh, in them that are saved and in them that perish. Now that, uh, I confess to you, I'm still working on this. This is, uh, this is very, very profound. The Savior of Christ makes worse people more worse. Mm -hmm. The Savior of Christ makes good people more good. Yeah. It accentuates the condition. Whatever it is, it accentuates the condition. 
You've probably noticed this. Maybe where you work or where neighbors, you're getting along real well till they found out that you were devoted to Christ. And then all of a sudden, they weren't as friendly. What happened? The savor was yeah. from death to death. Yeah. <laughs> what a thought. Talk about a stewardship. Savor of death unto death. Now, death is in this world. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Death doesn't exist in the other world that's unless right. it's once you, you're dead forever there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is happening in this world mm -hmm. of death unto death. There, death leads to damnation. Yeah, that's right. yeah. See, does God rejoice in that? He doesn't rejoice in the death of the wicked. I know the scriptures say that. Yeah. Uh -huh. But he rejoices that when the people uh -huh. that are wicked are damned, nobody's going to doubt why they were. That's, right. yeah. see, that's the point. God's glorified because they're going to see what God said about the wicked is true. Yeah. Uh -huh. But they're hesitant to receive this, and I, I don't think we should be eager to receive it because you take it too far. Yeah, uh -huh. But God's vindicated in this. That's right. The judgment day will confirm that all of the damned richly deserved to be damned. Yeah. Uh -huh. And all of the saved, had Christ not intervened, they'd have been in that category. Yeah. Uh -huh. See? And so God will be glorified and the Savior of Christ will be seen from life unto life. That's right. From eternal life started here uh -huh. to eternal life forever there. Uh -huh. The life of Jesus. Savor of life unto life. <laughs> it just keeps getting better. See, mm -hmm. I don't know that... Uh, I know I didn't when I was younger. I didn't think about it this way because I just didn't know. But mm -hmm. eternal life gets better, it gets bigger, it gets more effective, it gets more enjoyable, both to you and to, and to God. God's glorified by this. That's why everything we do in an assembly has got to promote life. It's got to promote eternal life. That's what's got, we don't meet together to solve each other's problems. To begin with, none of us are good problem solvers. Amen. We weren't made to be problem solvers. We were, we were made to direct people to, to the problem solver and, yeah. and to intervene for them with the solve problem solver. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. that's what we're doing. We're praying for the sick. Yeah. We're praying for the Lord. That's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're taking the matter to the, yeah. to the Savior. Savior of life unto life. Who's sufficient for such things? Well, the New American Standard says, who, who's adequate? <laughs> who's adequate for an assignment like this? To have death, to have a person that is dead become more dead. Who's sufficient for, to take a person who's alive and make him more alive? Who's sufficient? Who, who would take an assignment like that? Well, you don't take an assignment like that. You... What you do, you receive Christ, you abide in Christ, mm -hmm. He lives in you, and He's the one that produces the perfume. Mm -hmm. yes. Amen. The perfume's in Him. Yes. 
not in us. The pleasing quality is of us to God is because of who's in us, not because of ourselves. Who's qualified for this kind of ministry? Anyone in whom Christ abides. Yeah. Well, you can see that uh, I've just introduced the text. I, you know, it's just a, it's a text to be explored. It's like a vast, mm -hmm. vast area to be explored. That Christ does something in you yeah. toward God. Yes, amen. This is the factor that a stereotyped and legalistic approach to, to Christianity. Mm -hmm. This is the part it doesn't give, the toward God part. Mm -hmm. Now mark my word, I've, I've been, I spent 60, 70 years in this type of environment, mm -hmm. and I can tell you that there was very, very little talk mm -hmm. about God being pleased. We ought to please God. I mean, that would talk. But see, there was very little talk. This doesn't talk about they ought to be a saver. Yeah, that's right. This isn't what it says. That's right. It doesn't say try and be a saver. Uh -huh. That isn't what it says. Yes. It says we are mm -hmm. a saver. Yes. Amen. At any rate, what a blessed thing it is to know this. It takes a yes. it takes a burden off of your Amen. soul. Amen.